What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and literally five minutes ago, I just finished the June Dynasty Superflex Top 250 Dynasty Rankings, the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end tiers. All of that is now complete. I wanted to finish it on Saturday, ran a little bit late. But I just finished that up, and I love doing these videos right after I complete a Dynasty update just to kind of give you guys sort of my fresh ideas from looking at everything, taking in some new data, and just sort of what players have I moved around, what players do I think are buy and sell trade targets. So I think next video, I'll have must buy and sell trade targets based on the Dynasty Rankings update. Today, we're going to dive into the five players who rose the most spots in my rankings. So the top five skyrocketing players in my Dynasty Rankings, and that's all there is to it. So with that being said, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like if you're new, if you enjoy the video, whatever. Let's go. Now, I'm excited for this one because I really, really, really wanted to talk about this player. This is a... A guy who's getting a lot of steam right now. And I really wanted to use this video as sort of a medium to talk about Michael Pittman. I am super plugged into the Dynasty, I guess, landscape just from Twitter, being in Drew's Discord. And I know that Michael Pittman got a huge bump in Drew's Discord, in Drew's Bulletproof uh, Discord, in his Bulletproof Dynasty rankings. So there's a lot of Pittman buzz right now. So I kind of wanted to come in here and weigh in on how I feel about him. And just right off the bat, he was my wide receiver 28 last update. He's now my wide receiver 17. That's plus 11 spots in the rankings. Now, by the way, these are for every single player in the dynasty rankings. Like this is if you just go to the wide receiver, it'll show you the entire rankings. I just want to explain what it is real quick. You have trade value tiers with just whatever tier they're in, uh, how much they improved or changed the ranking since last time. You have their rank. You have their name, obviously, their prospect here. So what they got in the RS grading database, their archetype, alpha just means big ass wide receiver, beta means small wide receiver, not that mentally he is a beta male who is an asshole or other way around an alpha male who, Michael Hillman, I've never met him. I don't know that he is some, you know, gym creatine oozing alpha type guy, though he has commented on one of my TikToks before. Um, and then we have the buy sell. And I'll get into that later, why it's a soft sell. But again, it's a soft sell. It's not a hard sell. It's a soft sell. It's just like, okay, if there's a good offer in the vicinity maybe explore that. I'm not saying go sell your Michael Pittman shares. So let's actually talk about why I moved him up and then kind of my overall thoughts on Michael Pittman at the moment. And me moving him up is a combination of some things. First being his reception perception just dropped. Uh, and reception perception is we're going to be using this all offseason for wide receivers. Matt Harmon is a wide receiver guru. Maybe we'll have him on at some point in the offseason, but he is amazing at what he does. He sits down, watches film, and he make something that is you know subjective where you look at a player and you're like oh man he runs really good routes and he has found a way to make it objective and into a number into like almost an exact science in a way and he charts uh every single route of like a hundred plus route sample for these players charts if it was against man if it was against zone against press against double teams and how how often they were getting open or not even just getting open but winning on those routes i think there's a big discrepancy i've been seeing in the comments that it's like who cares about separation but i i don't believe that the way that matt Harmon grades things he's looking for you to have like this huge gapped coverage he's just looking for you to win on the route get open at the catch point like a jamar chase right where jamar chase isn't going to sort of do the same things that an antonio brown does from a route running standpoint but he's going to get open by the time the ball gets to him so this is a really impressive chart for Michael Pittman in just a year two. He is 79th percentile versus man, 88th percentile against zone, and 96th percentile against press. 
first off the bat, 96 percentile against press is very strong. That is better than Jamar Chase. That is about AJ Brown. That is like AJ Brown, Devontae Adams type area. Now, the interesting part is, is I've looked at these charts over the last couple weeks. AJ Brown and Jamar Chase are two of the really nice ones, but they're zone beating rates are about average to above average a lot of these outside x type wide receivers like a michael Pittman, usually i kind of just disregard what they do against zone because it doesn't, doesn't matter a whole ton but it is worth noting that he's elite against every coverage across the board which is really really solid and Harmon had really strong words to say about him he called him a blend of keenan allen and allen robinson for michael Pittman in terms of reception perception data that's very exciting so Michael Pittman can run routes. He is the real deal. X wide receiver. He can win inside. He can win in zone. He can win against press. He wins everywhere. So this is a massive positive indicator for him. So I moved him up. He's also getting steamed in redraft, which is another data point. Now I'm going to be using redraft ADP a lot in terms of my dynasty analysis at this point. I think that there's going to be some pushback on that from you guys in terms of redraft ADP shouldn't change a whole lot but it's it's really important to cross-reference them and sort of see 2022 projections this early out right we're getting a foot on the competition because you don't want redraft season to roll around and then the whole market kind of adjusts to oh well this player's getting steamed to redraft whatever whatever we want to kind of be early on those shifts that's why I have uh what's his name who did I have on the top of my head who has where the wide receiver Gabriel Davis, that's who it is. That's why I've been moving up. As you guys can actually see on this chart here, Gabriel Davis is wide receiver 24. And Dynasty is like wide receiver 40. He's going into year three. I'm not even a Gabriel Davis guy, but I have to respect the ADP that if he if he's being expected to be a top 24 wide receiver heading into year three, he probably shouldn't be wide receiver 40 in Dynasty. So there's a lot of sort of things that you can gra- uh, gather from this. And what you gather from with Michael Pittman is that he's going at wide receiver 14 behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He's going ahead of Waddle. He's going ahead of Hollywood Brown, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson. The ones who really stick out for me are Hollywood Brown, who I used to have him ranked ahead of. And the thing is that if Michael Pittman is going into year three and he's younger than a lot of these guys, he should probably be ahead of them in the rankings. So Marquise Brown, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, DK Metcalf, those are all really, really big names. Now, did I move him uh, ahead of all of those guys? No, but... Being the wide receiver 14 in ADP, by the way, one of the sharpest ADPs out there. This is from all the puppy drafts we just did, from all of the Best Mania 3 drafts we just did on Underdog. You guys you guys know I'm, I'm already repping. Got the shirt on, Underdog. But if you haven't already, check it out. Underdog Fantasy, the best way to play fantasy football. There's already a ton of sharp ADP data in there. So you can go in there and just sort of get a feel for what we're looking at in 2022 while we're still kind of talking about dynasty and making moves in dynasty here if you want to hop on underdog fantasy that'll be a link probably in the it'll 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 always be in the description maybe it'll be in the comments i don't know yet um but yeah promo code ron gets you a ten dollar it gets you a deposit match all the way up to 100 dollars. so you put in ten dollars they'll match ten dollars you put in 50 they'll match 50 all up to 100 go out there Get some entries in WrestleMania 3. I was ripping two last night. I think I'm at like 28 total on the season. I plan on maxing that out at 150. But WrestleMania has $10 million up top, $2 million to first place. Really, really crazy how there is life-changing money in there. Now, what do we got? We got Michael Pittman going into year two. 25.7% target share. He had 14 points per game last year as the wide receiver 22. He is now a prime year three breakout candidate. Uh, I want to say one thing to note, though. He is like 25. He's 24.7 on player profiler, about to turn 25. So that puts him, even though he's a year three guy, more of the age of a year four guy, like an A.J. Brown, 
um I was gonna say Metcalf but I'll just say AJ Brown so Pittman he's such a hot topic I, I really wanted to talk about him and why I moved him up here's the thing though I have met wide receiver 17 he goes about wide receiver 14 I still prefer DJ Moore Deontay Johnson and Traylon Burks to him I'm about on par with the market but he's getting so much buzz right now from Matt Harmon's reception perception Drew's discord is talking a lot about him I'd want to poke around. That's why I have him as a, as a soft sell. And it's not because I bl- don't believe that he's a good player. It's not because I believe that he's overpriced, but there is a lot of buzz and a lot of demand for him right now. So I wanted to show some trades, which is a, from Adeko's trade tool where he does insane stuff where he tracks trades from real leagues and real money leagues. And these are insane to look at. I'll be honest with you guys. The first one, we have Michael Pittman and Cam Akers for AJ Brown, David Bell, two seconds and two fourths. I'll say the the picks plus David Bell probably is just a little bit less than Cam Akers. But if you can bridge a gap from Pittman to A.J. Brown of I, – I don't know what the difference even is there. Like David Bell and all those picks for Cam Akers is probably about even, maybe a second off. Like I would call this like Michael Pittman in a second for A.J. Brown, which I would do all day long. As good as Michael Pittman is, A.J. Brown is my wide receiver three in Dynasty. I'd be doing that all day. I don't know what the – um. I don't know what the fascination is with trading Michael Pittman for A.J. Brown, but it happens in the second one as well. Michael Pittman, a second and a third for A.J. Brown, Brian Edwards, and Marquez Callaway. Another trade of that 310 probably equals a little bit of like Brian Edwards and Callaway. So I'll call it like I'll call it like Michael Pittman in a third for A.J. Brown all day long. If you can do Michael Pittman in a third or Michael Pittman in a second for A.J. Brown all day long, fellas. And then on the bottom, we have Pittman in a second for T. Higgins in a third. Again, all day long we're doing that. All day long. I have T. Higgins as like my wide receiver four in Dynasty. AJ Brown wide receiver three. Those are deals I'd be doing. If you can if you can figure out a way to make Michael Pittman into AJ Brown or T. Higgins, go make that deal. If not, and there's no bulletproof Discord guys in your in your league or anything like that, or anybody who would sort of catch wind of all the steam that Michael Pittman's getting, feel free to hold on to him. But I'm just saying the reason I lean soft sell is because some of the deals that are going down right now are outrageous because of the steam he has i in the next like two to three weeks i imagine it'll die down and when that happens i will take this soft sell tag off of his buy slash sell designation now second wide receiver we're going to talk about christian watson packers rookie i moved him plus eight spots so he went from i believe 46 to, to wide receiver 38 and at first i had him in the same tier as Jahan dotson as wandell robinson as david bell but i moved him up primarily based on his redraft ADP. Now, again, this is something that should be a massive input for a lot of us in our rankings, and I don't think enough people actually look at it. So when we look at here, we have Watson at the top at pick 100, pretty much in the 10th round, wide receiver 53. Then you go lower than that. You have Dotson all the way at the bottom, wide receiver 65. Then you have David Bell, who's not even on the screenshot, wide receiver 73. Wandell Robinson, not on the screenshot, wide receiver 78. So that next tier that I have them all in as prospects, about the same tier, right? Again, Dotson, Bell, Wandale. But Watson is seen way far ahead of them in terms of the current year. Now, that's not to say that I moved Christian Watson to like the 105 in rookie drafts. He's still in the same slot, but in terms of my top 250, he's now in a tier of his own uh, between that rookie tier and like the Olave picking. So I have him in a, in a tier of his own just based off what he can do in year one. Mike Clay has him as like the wide receiver one in this offense. He could easily mess around and see like 50 for 750 and like nine. I'd say that's about his baseline. He could do something crazy. He's the wide receiver one in our offense with Aaron Rodgers. I think I wasn't uh, I wasn't 
giving him enough of a juice for that. Now, again, I didn't move him to my 105 or anything. He's still the same rank in terms of my rookie rankings. It's just in the top 250. His year one upsides reflected a little bit more. Now, moving on to the next guy that I moved up is Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick went from my wide receiver 88 to my wide receiver 74. So probably not a not a ton, but I think I've been too tough on Tim Patrick as a roster-clogging wide receiver. He's someone you could probably start. Now, I also moved a whole, you know, smorgasbord of wide receivers in this range where you get to about Alan Lazard and you start to see these wide receivers just based off of projections and uh passing environment that have kind of getting that are kind of getting steamed in redraft and are, are projecting for 22 in a way where they can be fringe wide receiver threes where again we're talking about wide receiver 74 here so i'm not saying go grab these guys go trade for these guys this isn't a, a buyer sell trade target video these are just guys i have my eye on so tim patrick is there i moved up alan lazard now all these guys i'm still a little bit behind market on but i still moved up lazard i moved up mbs i moved up who else is kind of in that tier of just guys that didn't really think would be difference makers but are projecting well mccall hardman all the way at the bottom but Again, we should be adjusting our dynasty ranks for 2022 projections. And with Tim Patrick going as the wide receiver 58 in 11th round, in the 11th round of best ball drafts, that means he's a little bit more than a roster clogging wide receiver. He's wide receiver 58. Um, he'll at least have some flex consideration. And he's actually an interesting spot because I would call him one of the very few wide receivers in fantasy that I would consider a handcuff. I think you could, if it wasn't for injury, you could consider Michael Gallup in the same spot. But we know Cortland Sutton, we know Jerry Judy, we know KJ Hamler have all struggled with injuries the last two years. You saw Sutton with an ACL. Judy had something weird last year. I can't remember if it was like an ankle sprain. I think it was a high ankle sprain. And then Hamler missed the entirety of last year, I believe. But yeah, they all struggle with injuries. And the minute one of them goes down, I honestly think that there's a good chance that Tim Patrick is ahead of Hamler in terms of routes but I just wanted to put him in the the pool just because all of them struggle with injuries but the minute especially Sutton and Judy go down one of them goes down you have Tim Patrick that comes into a offense led by Russell Wilson there's gonna be a ton of, ton of efficiency there's gonna be a ton of scoring on this offense Tim Patrick just coming out of out there in like three wide receiver sets as the I mean if it's it, it'd be x if it was Judy it'd be kind of like a, a weird flanker role if it was Sutton but he would probably be like a fringe top 30 wide receiver in that role, which is which is interesting for like wide receiver 74 in Dynasty. Uh, it's also worth noting, like last year, he had a lot of usable weeks where you had week one, two, three, all above double digits. You had week, I don't know what that is, five, but he had like 15.9, 13.2. You go a little bit lower, 18.5, 13.2 at the bottom, 15.5 at the bottom. It's also worth noting that like that 3.6 on when things got uh, a lot quieter from Tim Patrick, that was around the area where Judy came back. So he's usable he's not going to be a league winner but he is more than a roster clogging wide receiver so i took him out of that must sell category and he's now just a neutral fine hold a fine guy that you know maybe can just get you a couple starts in season i think that he's probably a fringe top 36 wide receiver uh if any of those wide receivers get hurt if not i think that he's probably like a fringe top 50 guy and can give you a couple of usable weeks i don't know he's he's interesting wide receiver 70 range that's really all you're really going to get but i would take him out of the roster clogging uh tag of somebody like a scotty miller like a scotty miller donovan peoples jones i would put him in there but i would take guys out like uh, all of those guys got big bumps so i'm not going to talk about all of them but i believe it was it was like russell gage alan lazard mvs mccall hardman uh tim patrick all got big bumps just because people are high on them in redraft now moving on to our next guy 
who has been skyrocketing up the ranks is Darrell Williams. And he went from, I don't know, he, he moved up 25 running back spots. So what is that? 25 plus 57, 75, geez, dude, 55 plus 25, 80, is it like 83 maybe? But Darrell Williams, since, since the last update, he moved from the Chiefs to the Cardinals, which makes it weird that he gets such a fat bump, right? 25 spots, even though he's going to a worse offense where the Chiefs are this insane uh, just passing dominant team with Mahomes. But the breakdown of the Cardinals backfield is much clearer than the Chiefs, right? With the Chiefs, we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We have Ronald Jones in this Im- ambiguous com- committee, which is nice for upside. The issue is that Darrell Williams didn't really have a a fair shot at that upside. I don't think that there was ever going to be a world where he just emerged out of that backfield and ended up leading that committee. Or what the, why am I not speaking English? Leading that committee. And he was sort of, in a spot where he wasn't going to lead the committee and he was kind of boxed out of that juicy handcuff role he had last year where if CEH goes down, Rojo would have been the main guy and Darrell Williams would be the change of pace guy. Same thing if Rojo goes down, Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be the main guy, Darrell Williams would be the change of pace guy. Now he would probably be decent in that role, but it wouldn't be the same that it was last year where last year he really paid off when Clyde Edwards-Alaire went down. He became a guy that was averaging 17.49, 17.5 points per game. He's just a, he, he is he wins by just being a handcuff where a team trots him in and he scores 15 points per game. Now, again, I don't think that that would have been on the table with the chiefs. Unless if you had both of the top guys get hurt, but now he goes to the Cardinals where he is now the clear number two handcuff behind James Conner. And I truly do believe that when James Conner, if James Conner goes down, who has been a guy that's been hurt three to four games, each of the last like three years, if he goes down, Darrell Williams will give you 15 points per game. Now, I do love Keontae Ingram. I do love, um, you know, Benjamin. But I think both of those guys will probably slide in as a change of pace, passing down only type guys or just any sort of change of pace. Unless if one of them really emerges, I, I would love that for Keontae Ingram. But as of now, I would say in the event that Connor goes down, Darrell Williams would be the main guy, probably average about 15 points per game. And I know the Cardinals aren't as high scoring, as the Chiefs, but there's still a high tempo environment that should create points with Kyler Murray at quarterback. And I also have been looking at what Darrell Williams has done in redraft ADP. And since joining Arizona, he's skyrocketed and re- skyrocketed in redraft ADP from like 205, 210 to all the way up to 161.7. And he's now in that established handcuff area of Gainwell, Herbert, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams. So the reason why I bumped him up so high because I just put him next to where I had Jamal Williams and Gus Edwards. I don't think Jamal Williams and Gus Edwards are young enough to say that they are like much better than Darrell Williams. So I think wherever you have Gus Edwards or Jamal Williams, Darrell Williams should probably be right there, not too far behind. You know, this late in a dynasty draft when we're drafting running back 60 and it's 18th round, it's 20th round. I really only care about immediate production and I'm trying to draft those handcuffs. So if you if your starter goes down, you can come in and give me meaningful points. That's all I'm really looking for that late in the draft. I do not really care about the future there. Now, the last one I want to talk about is I know that this title, this video is going to be titled uh, Top 5 Skyrocketing Players in Dynasty. And we talked about four guys who rose a lot, but I want to talk about one guy who fell a good bit in the rankings because I think that he is a hot topic right now. And I kind of want to give you guys my take on the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, so let me put his thing up. Now, I want to be clear. I think that we can all agree that Deshaun Watson, what he's done is super shady. I don't want to really talk about uh, anything from a moral standpoint of if he's a scumbag, how long he should be suspended, anything like that. I just want to talk about him as a dynasty asset. 
and I moved him down five spots. So I moved him from QB six to QB eleven. I moved him to the like I moved him from like the one oh six to I think like the mid to late second. And the reason for that is the drum beat on Deshaun has been getting very loud, man. It's been getting very loud on him just doing a ton of really bad stuff. 66 women for massages over the course of 17 months, which is outrageous. It seems like, uh, I believe Rappaport went on Pat McAfee's show a few weeks ago, and he said that we should get a ruling on his suspension before training camp in like mid-July. So we're going to be doing a lot of mental math guesstimating until then. And I just want to make it clear also, we're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson as the player. He is a great player. Second highest career adjusted yards per attempt all time. He has never finished outside the top five quarterbacks in points per game. He is very good. The minute he steps onto the field, he's a top five quarterback in Dynasty. There's no disputing that. It's just the mental calculus of operating around how, how, many, how many games he'll be suspended for and what that means for his Dynasty value. Because it's it's how long can you can you withstand him not playing until it until it's worth it, right? So at, at what point in time do you take a at what point in time do you take Deshaun Watson and you eat those suspension games? And when I had him as a top six guy in startup ADP and as a quarterback, I was assuming four to eight games missed. I ran a poll the other day where I said how many games does Deshaun Watson play in 2022? I said full season, ten or more games, five to nine games, zero to four games. 66% of people said zero to four games. The next highest was five to nine. 10 or more does not seem likely anymore. My guess as of right now, gun to my head, is that he's probably suspended the entire 2022 season. And then he probably just plays 2023 with a clean slate. But don't hold me to that. Like, I obviously have no clue. Uh, I think a lot of people are just sort of doing guesses here. But I think like a 10 to 12 game suspension in 2022 is also in the, the cards, right? There's also even a chance that there pretty much seems like it's going to be my, my guess would be eight to 12, if not eight to 12, then a full season, if not full season, then full season plus anywhere from four games to the full season in 2023. So you have a very wide, wide range of outcomes here. So you have to kind of do that mental calculus of how, how can you adjust for how much time he's going to miss where you're not going to be scoring those fantasy points. He's going to be getting older though. I still think the minute he comes back, he's a top six startup pick. Um, the way that I've managed it in my rankings is I'm assuming he's not playing in 2022 and that he'll be there for 2023, which means that I moved him from that top tier of like Kyler, Lamar, Burrow to the very back of the tier of Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts. Because after that, that's where I'd have Deshaun pretty easily over any of Justin Fields, who we haven't seen be a good quarterback, same with Trevor Lawrence, and Stafford just doesn't present enough upside for me to want to back out of Deshaun Watson as an asset at this point. So I would have him there comfortably. If you want to have him ahead of Dirt, uh, Hertz, Russ, Dak, Trey Lance, I think that that is fine for a rebuilding team. But I have him as, I also have him as a hard buy still in terms of where I have him uh, in the rankings. I've seen a lot of, you know, heroes on Twitter that are like, uh, I'm dropping Deshaun Watson. I can't stand for this anymore. Fellas, what Deshaun Watson did is bad, man. But if you roster him on your dynasty team, it doesn't make you a bad person. You're just you're just playing dynasty. These football players, in terms of the game that we're playing, are are simply chess pieces. Um, so going out there and trading him for Davis Mills in a 2023 first isn't like some moral high ground that you're taking. So I've seen a lot of that on Twitter. So if you can go out there and trade Davis Mills in a first for Deshaun, go do that. If you know a guy that like wants to drop him, commission won't let him, and you want to sort of like go in there and scoop him up 
do that. I personally, not, I'm not going to be hounding that out. I think that's a little bit uh, over the line of, you know, like hounding people out. And it's like, oh, dude, you you feel bad about rostering Deshaun? You can put him on my roster. I don't care. Uh, but that's in the play or that's in the cards because there are people on Twitter that I've seen are just like, I don't want Deshaun anymore. I'm trading him for pennies. Get him off my team. So if you have an owner like that in your league, go make an offer. If not, probably just chill on that for now. So that's going to do it for us today. As always, if you enjoyed the video, make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like i'll be putting a link to the full dynasty rankings uh down below in the comments probably will be pinned so if you want access to the complete dynasty rankings update for june make sure you check that out as always i love you guys and i will see you in the next one i got the juice i got the juice Adam's on foolies glad i'm home even my haters kind of glad i'm on rest in peace to my bag of rap a song singer suspended subpoena from his